0: Well, hey there, welcome to Brave, Bold, and Badass, the podcast. I'm your host, Grace Howes, productivity and mindset coach, and all-around soul-nudger for women in business. In this podcast, I not only talk about the process of inner transformational work, but share ways to maneuver through, to reconnect to a deeper sense of your worth, your brilliance, and your agency, especially if you're in your second stage of life. What I know to be true is that women in business can be both fierce and soft, while wholly being themselves, and still find room to be more bold in their thinking, more badass in their doing, and especially more brave in their being. Let's do this, shall we? Well, hey there. This whole month on the podcast, I am talking all things mindset to give you a clearer view of why mindset and business matter so much. And in order to pull that thread a little more, we needed to have a starting point. And that's what last week's episode was about. To start with a foundational understanding, let's say, of what a business mindset is all about, or having a business mindset is all about. Over the next few weeks, I'll be going down a few different avenues, all concerning mindset, of course, because this is the month for it, and I'll be interspersing these solo episodes with conversations I've recorded with colleagues of mine, women who are walking this path of business ownership, but who also understand how their mindset plays a role in their success, i.e. coming in with a quote-unquote correct, or better yet, shall we, shall we say, less gunky headspace. Yeah, gunky. It's a technical term that we mindset coaches use. Nope only me. Anyway, let's get to this week's episode. There was such magic in my surrendering. This was the title of a lighthouse letter I wrote a couple of years ago, and after rereading it, I knew it needed to be a part of this mindset series happening this month on the podcast. And by the way, if you are not yet subscribed to my thrice monthly newsletter, The Lighthouse Letters, what are you waiting for? head to kgracehouse.com forward slash letters to begin receiving my heart words straight to your inbox. And as always with these letters, my intention is twofold, to take you on a journey of insight that I'm experiencing or have experienced, but to also help cement a concept or bring, bring clarity to a challenge you might be facing as well. Alrighty. So I started that Magic in Surrendering letter with this question. What does success in business mean to you? And my answer was, and still is, that I've failed many, many, many times. What, right? But also, yay. Because you see, to me, it doesn't matter how many times I fail at what I'm striving to achieve or the goals I set for myself that I don't reach. What matters more to me is that I failed so I could learn what I needed to know for the next time and the next time and the time after that. I didn't always know this though. Here's a truth about the emails I sent out. I've been writing a newsletter for the last 15 or so years and for approximately 11 of those years, I have hated writing it, absolutely hated it and as i speak i can actually recall how it felt in my body to bring myself to my computer but thankfully these feelings no longer exist in my system i just can recall them in fact i dislike this activity so much that in those first 11 years at certain times during this period i stopped writing altogether for months and months at a time and i remember vowing each time that i quit. I will never, ever do this again. I don't like it. I will not put myself in that position anymore. My thought each time was, this newsletter thing isn't worth the headache or the irritation to my nervous system. (laughs) But knowing I had to and wanted to speak to my audience, I'd restart all over again. And then I'd quit again. So that's the pattern I developed over those initial years. So you see, the problem wasn't necessarily me. It was the dang newsletters. Or that was the mindset I brought to the table. Unbeknownst to me at the time, there were a couple of things I had to learn that I obviously wasn't willing to yet. What I didn't know each time I failed at keeping it going was that I had to learn how to surrender first because it's in the surrender that we learn our lessons of failure. Let me say that again. In the surrender is the lesson. The surrender I'm talking about is giving up the need to be, think, act a certain way to produce the expectations I was holding on to. My surrendering would eventually lead to an understanding about myself that changed my thinking in a really fundamental and knowing way. And it had to do with my own self-awareness. Who the heck knew? Who? I'll talk specifically about self-awareness and your mindset in an upcoming episode. Today, today is about surrendering. What I became more aware of is that if I did this thing my way, not the way I was told it had to be done, the way all business gurus who know all things say we should approach our work. Becoming more aware meant I would not only feel differently and more positive about my efforts at writing, but that I would be able to come at it in a way that was more resonant for me, the person writing these words, but also, in a deeper, richer way, one that resonated on more levels with my peeps, those I wanted to speak to through these letters. That point in time for me was leaning into my own surrender. What that's about is releasing the stranglehold we find ourselves in to slow down and get in touch with our inner compass, our inner knowing, our inner authority we are the authority, not someone else. So yeah, I learned from each of those failures, trying and trying until I figured out what I needed to do to be successful at it. And it had to be success on my terms, right? That was the lesson I was missing all those years. And big, big sigh here. The surrendering I experienced was hard. I had to let go of expectations I held on to for what my newsletter should be, and we all know should cannot be a part of any picture of success. I had to let go of what I thought it had to be, not to mention the expectation I had of my people, my peeps, women who willingly signed up to hear from me. But the biggest lesson, oh lordy, the biggest lesson was learning to let go of who I thought I needed to be. This was a big one. When I finally chose to surrender, one of the things I realized was that I was following a strict script that was really all in my head. I'd made up a narrative about these email letters, and that came from the idea that I needed to be, quote unquote, professional in business. I've talked about this before, but I'd been hanging on to that thought, being professional only for a very long time, and it had seeped into how I approached my writing. It wasn't me, the true quirky, let's not be so serious grace, when I started writing those letters. And if I had truly given up the first time and hadn't restarted time and again, you probably would not be hearing from me today through this podcast. From that deep inner dive, trying to find out why it was so hard for me to write a stinking newsletter for goodness sake, this podcast could come into being. Learning the lessons meant I had to learn how to feel good about what I was doing. And that is unbelievably hard to do. Unbelievably hard. And you're probably thinking, ugh, right now, right? How can you feel good? about something that always makes you feel like crappity, crap, crap, crap. How? And to make my efforts at writing a newsletter a success, what I had to figure out was that I couldn't let them be, these letters I wrote, I couldn't let them be about my audience or for that matter, if they were reading it. I know, sounds absolutely strange to my head too, but that was the wisdom I had tapped into. That magic came much later though. And it's why my newsletters are now called letters with a capital L, I might say. Those of you who regularly read the newsletter, thank you. And you you already see this. I always write letters with a capital L. Because the endeavor was not to write a newsletter like I'm some large corporation or organization sending out a state-of-the-company bulletin. For me, these emails had to be more personal and intimate than that. Listen, many, many times we don't succeed on our first try at something, especially when it comes to the running of our business. We are the sole person wearing all the hats, of course. The thought you have about giving up when that first, second, or third attempt at something runs short of your expectation That's called staying in your very comfy, safe zone. And surrendering does not exist there. But it is when you roll back into your comfort zone, not understanding the underbelly of why this thing is happening and what you need to do to move past it. You just know you don't like the feeling it brings up in you. So you sweep the problem and the feelings away, right under the proverbial rug. But I want to let you know, this is also about our human conditioning. The uncertainty and wariness that rears up and heralds in an automatic fight or flight response. Understanding what this need to hide or retreat is about is crucial to moving past it. This human conditioning that is societal or more societal in its origins is an innate impulse you give into to keep yourself from feeling, from feeling vulnerable or hurt from failure, that you tend to mask your emotions. And it's from the information that's been handed down to us about how to operate in business, we get the message that emotions and business shall not exist simultaneously. For me, the retreat I did, or the pullback, was to outright quit each time, to throw down the gauntlet, pissed at everything, and myself, although at the time I could not receive that information, when what I needed to do was to look in the mirror at the culprit, the person causing the kerfuffle. Your mindset, y'all, is this tricky. There's a false bravado that kicks in when we choose to give in or give up, where we try to convince ourselves otherwise with words like, of course I can do the thing, whatever that thing is you're trying. It's only because I really wasn't even trying that hard. Or it doesn't matter, I needed to get on with something else anyway. Or "Ah, that's a piece of cake to do. I could do it in my sleep. And sadly, yucky thoughts where we denigrate ourselves, you know these words come up for you too. Words like, I'm just no good at this thing because I'm not really good at anything anyway. How many times has that last thought crept in, even though you might not have the wherewithal to consciously acknowledge its existence? That was the threat. That is the threat. These switcheroo thoughts we use to assuage our failures are a part of our mindset default, a default that occurs that ultimately sets us up for never moving out of our own way and staying in our own self-fulfilling failure cycle rather than doing the work to move into more sustained and regular success habits. And that, my friend, is about belief. What you believe about yourself in any given moment, whether you've experienced the high of success or the lows of failure, sets you up for the next moment and all the moments after that. Think about this. When you succeed at something, those good-feeling hormones, endorphins, start pouring in, enveloping your mind and circulating throughout your body. You want to do a happy dance, right? What happens is that your brain puts a marker in your success-feeling column, ready to start building upon it. But if more of those markers are on the failure side of things, even when you succeeded a few of them, more doubt is sowed and, unfortunately, it begins to seep in more regularly. And surrendering to the lesson becomes almost impossible. Impossible. Because it trains you to expect the outcome of failure as a negative. And because you now start filling up the failure column in your mind, you then start to feel negative about yourself. Remember that self-fulfilling prophecy I talked about? I'm sure you recognize this behavior in yourself. This was me too as well. Feelings lead to thoughts which lead to behaviors, actions or inaction, whether good or bad. And it's those thoughts we have about ourselves that then inform what we do next. So it's no wonder when you do good once or twice, yet not allowing your surrender to the failures being the teacher, the brain doesn't have a hardwired positive response to it. We incorrectly believe that success was just a fluke, a happenstance, a momentary glitch in our regular behavior, <laughs> not to be repeated again. This was me before I got clear on and reframed how I viewed my own failures. This is what I thought too. When I work with clients, our main goal is to shift how they see themselves, but to also help them reframe how they view failure. About 90% of the time for me, I see failure as a good thing. It doesn't mean that I like the event or the happening that occurred, heck no. The work here, is to create a new habit of immediately putting the result into a new framework and viewing it as a lesson to learn rather than an opportunity to berate yourself. A lot of mindset work is about surrendering to the process of changing long ingrained habits, behaviors, and thought processes. Feelings of success come about when we do a thing over and over and over again and notice ourselves getting better at it, changing and growing from it. Failure is about learning who we are and what we're capable of, and resisting the urge to make that failure the single biggest thing about you. Failure doesn't have to be the end. This reminds me of that quote by Mitch Album. All endings are also beginnings. We just don't know it at the time. This happens when you start to believe in your capacity, in your, in your own ability to succeed despite the failure being a part of the picture. This means taking actions in your business that have you stepping into risk, that have you opening up in ways that make you feel uncomfortable. Those things that push you right up against your edges because you're also taking action to succeed as well. Learning the lessons from failure is the road that gets you to all the successes to come in life, but especially in your business. Risk is inherent in what we do to succeed as entrepreneurs. And as women living in a world that is more patriarchal than not, hmm, one that doesn't necessarily heed our importance or regard our skills and knowledge as significant and meaningful parts of the larger picture of societal success. We have to be sure we do our work to succeed on our terms. And therein lies the potency of failure, the magic that happens in surrendering your expectations, and the negativity that can come from not doing so, and being willing to embrace what's to come. Your failures and your successes are yours to own. A choice you get to make doing the work of your business. In the end, I really want us all to be proud of our work, the work we willingly wake up day after day to do, no matter the struggles we encounter. Okay, that was a lot. Re-listen to this episode if you need to integrate the things I shared, especially those things that resonated for you. Quick, quick side note before I end the episode. Next week is the first of the interview conversations I recorded with a badass female entrepreneur. She is phenomenal at what she does and decided to use her knowledge, skills, and expertise in a different way through biz ownership. Don't forget to listen in. In fact, if you haven't done so, hit that subscribe or follow button so you'll be automatically notified when this and upcoming episodes drop. And don't forget to let your peeps know, biz colleagues and friends, that this podcast is available for them to listen to as well. A community of badass women who are choosing to show up more powerfully in life and in business. That's really what I'm after, and I need your help to create it. Okay, till next time, be brave, be bold, stay badass.